12 minutes it is after 8 p.m. You tuned in, well now 13 minutes I should say. And uh, you tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. We go into our tech conversations and as I said when we started, uh, a big part of our conversations today uh, touching on matters of policy and uh, I guess also that conversation we had with Roy Mutoni there also uh, touching on the big issues around wage determination in the public service. But we now shift our attention to the world of data, big data, and cloud services. And uh, tonight we look at uh, the story of the new proposed data policy, the draft national policy on data and cloud, uh, which uh, envisages that um, I guess the state would be the co-owner of all data that's generated in the country. Now, last month, at the start of April, uh, Minister Stella Ndabini Abrahams published a draft national data and cloud policy and invited uh, many to uh, uh, send through their written submissions. Now, uh, the deadline was initially 18th of May. It's now been extended to the 1st of June. And I'm joined on the line uh, to make sense of this and to also, uh, I guess, do the task of encouraging all of us to grapple in the first instance with what this draft policy is saying. Uh, and if uh, and beyond that, uh, make sure that you uh, submit uh, in written fashion uh, your submissions to this process, uh, because indeed we do live uh, in a democracy that uh, should be a participatory democracy. Um, and uh, to join us uh, this evening to talk about some of the issues that are in this policy process uh, and uh, some of what the state envisages should be the data and cloud landscape in South Africa. I'm joined by technology researcher, Yamkela Spengani. Zlangamandla, good evening to you, my brother. How are you? Uh, good, ne- good evening, Kosibe, and good evening to the listeners at home. I'm well, thanks. How do you do? I'm good. I'm good. I feel like you and I have spoken uh, on this platform uh, before about South Africa not having a very clear idea of, you know, uh, 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 what we do in this space. Um especially as it relates to the collection, analysis, processing, monetization uh, of uh, data. Uh, And it seems now that uh, I guess uh, the government is uh, trying through the Department of Communications and Digital Technologies to move in that direction, uh, but to also think about uh, this is a potential industrial sector to be encouraged and uh, data centers and hubs and all manner of other things to be developed. Absolutely. So... uh Better late than never. Course, uh, finally, yeah. we have our Department of uh, Communication and Digital Transformation coming to the party in terms of, number one, protecting the data that is in the country, coordinating the data that is in the country, and putting policies in place on how the data should be used, uh, and strengthening the coordination around things like poppy, uh, when Public Access to Information Act and how other data policies and data laws around the world like GDPR are going to be affecting us as we become a more globalized world and we need to also meet the standards that are, are being promulgated across the world by how uh, policies like the European Union, the United States and states like China approach their data and data sovereignty. So. Uh, we are at a point where uh, the Department of Communications uh, Digital Transformation looks like they are zooming in and trying to now get into the race of uh, taking hold of the data economy, which is the biggest growing thing that we've seen in the last three years. And 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 when you look at this, I mean, we've had Amazon Web Services, we've had Terraco, we've had many other people uh, uh, setting up data centers here in South Africa. And I sit here and I ask myself, um, you know, when we think about the massive amounts of data through our own digital patterns and trail that we leave on the internet, on the interwebs, um, and how much of that people make money off of, 
Um, have we missed the curve here? Have, you know, market developments already, I guess, um, you know, surpassed or, or what do they call it, overtaken uh, what uh, in essence here is a policy response? I wouldn't say so. I, I think we, we, we are a little bit late, but we are right in time to catch the train before it leaves uh, the platform. Uh, so uh, because we are not a China, we are not a United States, uh, we still have a lot of our citizens not participating in the general digital data sharing world where they are available on, on Facebook, they've got uh, various online accounts and do online shopping, all those kinds of things. So a, a large majority of our population is still affected but but by what we call the digital divide. So that means that a lot of people don't have access to these online data gathering enmities that uh, the richer part of the population has access to. And these laws as these people move into these enmities, we'll find them and they'll be able to harness the broader public data that uh, will be coming into the fore over the next few years as people start to be exposed more and more to things like online shopping, more and more people being exposed to cheaper data that mm. gives them access to be a part of the digital world. So we are late, but we are not. We have not missed the train. So we are right on time in terms of the train moving from the platform. Sure, sure. Yamgela, I want you to hold the line there for me for a second while we take a quick spot break. But when we come back, uh, I want us to take a look at uh, some of the things that are being suggested here. I mean, uh, you know, a, uh, de- a develop- the development of an ICT, special economic zone, hubs, transformation centers, publicly funded data centers. Um, and uh, I guess it's quite interesting because it does really sort of think differently about positioning the role of the state in the space. Uh, and I want us to talk about uh, what you make of Uh, the shape of our state-owned entities and uh, uh, I guess uh, whether or not some of them would play here or are we talking about an entirely new player and entity? We'll continue with that after this. 21 minutes it is after 8 p.m. You tuned into our Tech Conversations here on Metro FM Talk. Uh, Yamgela Spengane is my guest. He's a technology researcher and we talked to him this evening about uh, the uh, draft uh, policy process uh, around uh, uh, national data and cloud policy. And uh, uh, Yamgela, I guess, you know, for me, uh, the one question, I mean, it sounds quite ambitious because uh, the question is now about consolidating excess capacity um, of publicly funded data centers and delivering processing of the data. So this is not about only regulating, but I, I guess also the state envisaging that it might play a role not only in owning some of the data generated in our within our borders, but effectively in some of the downstream activities in processing um, and uh, potentially, I guess, uh, big data analysis and cloud computing. Yes, so uh, the one, of, one of the components of, of this... Uh uh, draft uh, policy is that the state will play an active role in in, in, in the creation of cloud services uh, and cloud service provision and using this excess capacity and in fact also building other uh, data centers that are specially purposed uh, for different uh, opportunities in the cloud computing space, both for the space and the public, I assume. Uh, so uh, this is something that is positive and should it be implemented as something that uh, will definitely benefit the country because what what we don't have the benefit of, that an America has the benefit of or a China has the benefit, benefit of, that we don't have... Uh, big players that are already in this place that have already uh, built data centers and have already 
capitalize on the technology of, of cloud computing and data, big data processing. I'm talking your, your Amazon Web Services, your mm. Google, your Microsoft in China, you have your Alibaba and your Huawei playing in that space. So there are big policies that are state-backed and that also get big government contracts to do exactly what this particular policy uh, wants to speak about. So in our, in our case, it would be something that uh, you, you would want some, uh, an entity like CETA uh, to spearhead and bring South African companies as well. Uh, that do you mean SITA? Yeah, CETA is in SITA. Okay, sure. sure. The, the the State uh, Information Technology Agency, mm. uh, which is uh, which is in in any case the custodian of all state information technology. Mm. So you would want them to spearhead the coordination and bring enterprises that are going to be able to set up this development on behalf of the state. Because currently, our data as the state, as state-owned enterprises with foreign-based companies that are providing the technology. Mm. We've just seen the scandal of the fallout between Oracle and Eskom. We've just seen many cloud uh, service uh, provision uh, fallouts when people don't pay, things don't happen, and Mm. all of those kind of things. So uh, we have a lot of very sensitive state data sitting with foreign-based companies. And once this legislation promulgates and these things roll out, it will also be security on the on from the point of view of the state mm. and tackling one of the other components, which is the cyber security framework that the state wants to introduce with the policy. Sure. You know you know what's interesting in what you're saying, uh, Yamgela? One, you're outlining the vulnerability, right? And the risks associated with that. Not just in GA because we don't want our SOEs, you know, to find themselves in a fix when Oracle says pay up the money. But from the perspective where you're seeing, for instance, even parliamentary sittings being done on platforms, you don't know where they are hosted. So you sit on Zoom, you sit on Microsoft Teams, and even if you are recording that data and you think it just comes to you, you don't know where those master files, if I can put it like that, are sitting. Absolutely. And that opens you up. I mean, we saw it in, in the meetings of the ANC, NEC, to all manner of other dynamics as well. But but, but aside from that, Yamkela, there's the other question mark, which in the Chinese experience has been quite critical, which is, you know, we're not talking about data and cloud just for the sake of it, but as an enabler. And I'm quite interested, um, you know, I guess in light of many people saying maybe even the state should go and play in the e-commerce space and work with the post office and others, whether or not, you know, there's big question marks around even entry points and data capturing points within the state and what happens to that data currently. I mean, I would think... You know, when you go to Home Affairs and you put in your data in the population registry, it's held somewhere. When you go and you fill out a form at the labor center, uh, you know, to upload yourself onto the database, that's held somewhere. When you sign up for the CSD as an entrepreneur, some of that data is held somewhere. And and my question mark is, where is it held now? And currently, a lot of that is, is private service providers. A lot of that is uh, on-prem uh, insecure, like insecure environments that uh, have not been uh, tested for compliance. You, you find a lot of a lot of uh, state-owned uh, web domains don't even have simple uh, cyber security elements like an SSL certificate. Now you you then begin to see when you start into going at the back end that uh, they have very simple uh, admin passwords like admin and admin. Uh, and all other loopholes that would not uh, buy if you are creating a secure environment. And so these vulnerabilities exist. And I suppose because a lot of service providers are interacting with this, we have an issue of data security. And it's, it's an established fact uh, that because we do not even create the systems that we operate and do the day-to-day services, 
right from our private license, which use an updated machine that can only be serviced by an international company. Uh, we don't, God knows what they do with that data when they come in. Uh, to the different systems that run that are provided by international companies as well, it means that we have always been at a vulnerability. And policies like these need to start beginning to close that those loopholes for future use of, of, of our data as citizens because it simply means that the population registry uh, is at the mercy of whichever cloud service provider or whichever data center provider is currently hosting that. And mm. if they were to sell that information, we would never know until someone uh, does something with it. Yeah. Now, now, the policy document, specifically to your point, touches on issues of cybersecurity. Um, and I'm quite interested, in light of the many cyber attacks and breaches that we've seen, even in instances where that includes population register, register uh, data, uh, it certainly has had many a person in South Africa in a fix, least of all uh, many management teams in corporate South Africa. Um, how does this policy, I guess, envisage dealing with that? So uh, mainly South Africa wants to, in law, have cybersecurity, uh, a, a framework around cybersecurity and how cybersecurity uh, is going to be envisioned and governed and even uh, legislated in terms of how do we deal with uh, cyber attacks, how do we deal with uh, someone who's caught a breaching certain things, how do we also start talking about cybersecurity first development, cybersecurity first infrastructure architecture, where before you consider anything in terms of services, the first and primary goal that you seek to achieve is making sure that your environment is secure. And uh, that is something that uh, this uh, policy framework or this draft policy to need to create or seek to create as, as, as a framework, to have a framework around which the state and uh, by extension uh, everyone else is going to create a framework that is going to govern cyber security mm. in the country uh, from your basic computing around how you access different access points in government to how the data is governed as it moves around uh, in the socio-economical space. Mm. Now, what we're going to do, Yamgela, after the show, I'm going to put up the link uh, on uh, my Twitter page there on at AYKawe, Twitter, and the link to the draft uh, a policy document published uh, in the Gazette on the 1st of April. Um, and I think, you know, that then gives, of course, the guidelines on where people can contribute. But I must say, one of the things that I find quite interesting and commend uh, in this particular document is an injunction um, on the state itself, to, uh, and it's, I think it's in 10.2 somewhere, saying make provision for the sharing of data across all government levels and businesses for the purposes of service delivery and informed policy making. There's nothing worse, Yamgela, than in the same government uh, where certain processes that lead to service delivery um, require certain information and certain data that is collected by another government entity, but we then end up end up creating a process to go and find that information. I mean, an example is an indigent register, you know, where you register all of the people who can't pay for municipal services. Now, I don't know. I mean, I think there are many other data points within government that you could use and triangulate to get to that list. And then what you're doing is a validation and onboarding of extra people that might fall out of the net. 
So uh, this policy actually opens that the Department of Communications and, and, and Digital Transformation be the custodian of all states' big data. So mm. all the states' big data is supposed to sit in, an, in a data processing, a data science facility or a data science entity that will be formed under uh, this department to be able to coordinate all points that the government will need for data. So ideally, uh, sectioning our, our, our government into three spheres, you should be able to access all the data that you need from this portal uh, on anyone whose ID number can be punched into the system and give feedback as to whether they qualify for certain mm. benefits as an indigent uh, citizen in terms of municipality rates and taxes. Do they qualify for a certain benefit because they are already registered with SASA as a social grant recipient? Do they qualify for uh, additional health care benefits under the national health insurance because of their income levels that have been proven through their submissions to SARS? All those kinds of things can be coordinated and they can be citizen profiled. Now, this then works in tandem with the cybersecurity to make sure that the data also belongs to the citizen and is co-owned by the state mm-hmm. and how you manage that data and how you put the security and protection around that data is the main conversation then say let's create an environment where the data can be easily accessible and used for quicker and more efficient service delivery, but let it not be to the point where it's monetized without the permission and the control of the user and owner of the data. Mm. An interesting one, I think for many people who um, you know might be using platforms like Uber or Bolt or Taxify or whatever they call it, um, who might be concerned about their location data or even their transit data. So, you know, um, if it's clear that every month you drive from one place to the next and you get an Uber for that particular purpose, who are concerned about that and where some of that data is stored, uh, this policy framework is saying any data that's generated here in South Africa, irrespective of whether the platform that is, you know, collecting and rendering that data might be domiciled in the US or in the Netherlands or in Ireland, that that data... Uh, is the property of the Republic of South Africa. Absolutely. So uh, it also speaks to what uh, Poppy was trying to achieve as well. Say, look, if you are generating data about our citizens uh, using any services that are within the borders of South Africa, you cannot store that data outside. So uh, ideally now, with this policy coming uh, into effect, we will say to Uber, you need to have Uber South Africa and for your operations in South Africa, you need to use a local data center under whose jurisdiction the South African government can have recourse should you uh, misuse the data. And we know that we can also, from time to time, audit how you are using that data because it's within the jurisdiction of the South African government mm. and a, 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 an entity under the Department of Communications and, and, and Digital Transformation can, from time to time, uh, create data compliance guidelines that uh, these entities will in future have to comply with to ensure that citizen data that is still co-owned by the government in according to this policy is being used within the parameters that are permissible uh, for these entities and they will not in turn uh, sell the data off or use it in ways that are not uh, per the guidelines. So mm. these are the things that then the advisory uh, uh, committee that is to be created needs to think around in implementing. 
It's a it's a very interesting one, Yamkela, and I, I no doubt know this is not the last time you and I are going to be talking about this. Uh, but uh, suffice to say, Kulutolo, um, and uh, we know the closing date for submissions is the 1st of June, and I think I would like to encourage many of the digital entrepreneurs who listen to this show and many of those who work in the space of analyzing large data sets and in some cases monetizing that data uh, to engage with this uh, particular uh, process to read through the policy document and, uh, you know, 37 pages, um, and that includes all of the abbreviations, so maybe around 30 pages or so. But certainly the type of work that uh, no doubt all of us should be doing. Uh, but uh, Yamgela, thank you so much for helping us to do that work this evening here. Thank you, Aya, and good evening to the listeners. Awesome stuff. Yamgela Spengan is a technology researcher and helping us there in our tech conversations to unpack uh, this uh, latest draft, um, let me get the, the name of it right, as gazetted, uh, the uh, national, uh, the proposed draft of the national data and cloud policy.